one knows how to play poker. Poker, poker. But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Welcome once again, everyone. Big Dave here tonight, uh, flying solo here, as uh, Joe is uh, out of town once again. He'll be back on the program next week. So, uh, a couple things today. I got a guest, and uh, it's uh, Kristen Wilson, who I mentioned last week from Poker Refugees. It's an interview that I've really wanted to do since one of our first years doing the show. Obviously, after Black Friday, uh, there was a need out there for. Uh, assistance for poker players who wanted to still play online poker for a living. They couldn't do it here in the United States. Many of them moved to Costa Rica or Toronto or uh, uh, Rosarita, Mexico was a big place that a lot of people went. But the problem was a lot of these people had no idea how to go to a foreign country. Many of them didn't speak Spanish or uh, I guess if they went to Montreal, they didn't speak French. But there was certain need out there for assistance to help them get settled in a new place. And Kristen was a uh, former professional surfer that uh, actually saw a need for this and started a company called Poker Refugees way back in 2011. And uh, we'll talk to her about how she got started, what they're doing now, and and how her uh, evolution as a a businesswoman came about. So we look forward to talking with her. She's in Europe right now, but she's actually uh, originally from Jacksonville, and she has lived all over the world and uh, should be a very interesting guest. We'll talk about her, uh, talk with her, I should say, later in the program. Uh, we just concluded here in South Florida the WSOP circuit event over at the Seminole Hard Rock, uh, 12 great tournaments. Actually, I guess there was 14 altogether this year, but uh, the ladies' event uh, ended on Monday, as did the main event, and uh, we'll keep you up to, up to date on uh, what happened out there. Uh, I want to go over that in just, just a second. Also, we're uh, taking a close look at uh, Maryland Live, which is hosting a WPT event right now. They headed into the final day today, the final table, and uh, we'll keep an eye on some of that as well. So um, should be a good show tonight, and uh, look forward to talking with Kristen a little later in the program. I do have some interviews to, uh, on tape as I played last night in the charity event, which uh, kind of concluded all the uh, festivities over there at the Seminole Hard Rock in conjunction with Poker Stars. They put on a charity poker event benefiting Feeding South Florida, which uh, is a great organization here tied in with Channel 7, the local TV station, uh, providing hurricane relief after Hurricane Irma, obviously. We've been through a lot down here in South Florida, the Keys especially, uh, over on the west coast of Florida, a lot of damage over there as well. And, uh, you know, you think about the problems that, that come from a hurricane. I mean, there's a lot of people complaining about their lives. Uh, oh, I had to do without cable for a week. You know, it's just really silly things that uh, that people say. But when you're affected directly, and, and not only uh, do you lose all your personal worldly possessions, but all of a sudden, you know, there's no food around. You, if you have a job that you can't attend, uh, you know, now there's no money coming in. And there's just so much need. Uh, and I talked to a couple of the poker players that played in the event, and they have some good outlook on on things that the poker community can and has done for people. Uh, it turns out that on the heels of Hurricane Harvey uh, in Houston, so many people contributed. It was the first major disaster in quite some time. 
uh, I actually personally uh, gave a small donation to J.J. Watts' organization, uh, ucaring.com, at a site on there benefiting the people of Houston, only to not realize that just a week or so later, you know, we would have a storm here in South Florida. Um, people in Puerto Rico had their absolute entire island destroyed. And there's only so much charity money to go around, really, you know, and, and you got to do your part when you have an opportunity. Uh, I played in this tournament last night. Uh, it's a little kind of over my budget, really, as far as poker playing goes. But uh, I wanted to do something uh, that was fairly substantial uh, for me uh, compared to the small uh, donation I made to the Houston uh, effort. But So I played in this tournament last night and uh, had a lot of fun, a lot of, you know, big-name people there, uh, local celebrities and and uh, poker stars from around uh, the South Florida area and around the country. And uh, it was a lot of fun, a great social event. Uh, they gave away a lot of prizes. They had a silent auction. And we'll talk with uh, some of the people that we uh, caught up with at the tournament in our second segment tonight. But that was last night, $300 buy-in and party and everything. And tremendous seminal hard rock prizes, including baskets with the autographed guitars in it and that sort of thing. Uh, didn't win anything, but... Uh, uh, I had fun, and, uh, you know, I'm glad I did it. Uh, so, anyway, we'll talk some more about that. But I wanted to get first to the uh, Maryland P- WPT Maryland final table. They got into it today. They are down to five players, but they start off with a final table of six. Uh, Art Papayazan is uh, probably the name most people have heard because he recently won the Legends of Poker main event and uh, has really been on a roll lately. He went into the final table uh, kind of in the middle of the pack, about three, a little under 3 million chips. Uh, Tom Reynolds, the chip leader, going into today with 4.4 million. Uh, the other players at the final table, uh, Gregor Lee Schwartz, uh, Randall Heeb, Timothy Chang, and Zach Donovan. So uh, they are well underway in that uh, final day of the tournament. We'll keep a look at it uh, as the show goes on. Of course, Maryland Live, uh, our good friend Mike Smith, who was here at the Al Casino for many, many years, uh, in charge up there now. Uh, took some people with him when he left here, uh, including Jason Heidenthal, who runs a lot of the tournaments up there, a good guy that uh, we certainly uh, miss down here as a big part of South Florida poker. But uh, they have done so well at Maryland Live, a beautiful place up there, and uh, we'll keep an eye on that tournament as well. They are down to the five players, and... Uh, they have been playing for a couple of hours here on the final day. Uh, just to give you a quick, quick chip count, Tom Reynolds still the chip leader with with 4.2 million chips. Randall Hebe has 3.9. So this one's uh, well up in the air. Art Papayasin still alive with about 2.9 million. So we'll keep an eye on this event as it moves along today. They're in uh, blinds are 30,000 and 60,000 with a 10,000 ante. There was 561 players at Maryland Live to play in this one. And they are down to the concluding final players. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. Uh, over here at the Seminole Hard Rock, a uh, great series of uh, poker events. Obviously, that uh, you know, a lot of people took part in. Uh, big name players here. Uh, just at the at the charity event last night, uh, people like uh, Jason Mercier and his wife Natasha uh, played in the event. I sat next to Leroy Horde, who is a local radio celebrity now, but a former NFL player that played at Florida State. And the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, he was uh, next to me at the table. Uh, Chris Van Vliet was at my table. He's from Channel 7, a reporter. Um, top players like Daryl Fish, Jessica Dolly, uh, Asher Conniff, who we'll hear from both of them later in this program on uh, by, via interview. 
and uh, a lot of other poker uh, players that uh, took their time uh, at the conclusion of a great event, but uh, certainly probably worn out a little bit with poker and could have easily uh, taken an easy way out, but uh, put their time in. Several of them bought in several times. Uh, there were uh, a lot of great items. The item that I was interested the most in was the... Uh, the autographed microphone stand, uh, it was actually a working microphone, the old-fashioned kind, uh, signed by Jerry Seinfeld. And uh, I think a former Dolphin player named A.J. Francis, who was playing in the event, was the one who finally won it. But uh, that was an interesting thing, and they gave away some gift certificates to local restaurants. Jimmy Johnson actually uh, put up a prize uh, for his uh, fishing tournament, which has had a $10,000 value, and uh, I think minimum bid was 5000 So... Uh, Jimmy, of course, uh, had his home absolutely destroyed down in the Keys. Uh, I think he lives in uh, Marathon, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, certainly a tough time down there for for everybody. But, you know, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Uh, People were affected down there, and it's going to be months, maybe years, before they get back to normal down there. So little things we can do to kind of help people get through the initial days. Um, They said that for every poker entry, they were able to feed six families, and uh, I think it had about 125 players, which was a pretty good turnout for, for a charity event at the end of a long series. And uh, they had over $50,000 in prizes. So uh, none of them went my way, but uh, I had fun and uh, certainly enjoyed the event. And uh, we'll, we'll do it again soon. Anyway, uh, I do want to look at the uh, results of some of the tournaments. Uh, upcoming interviews on this show. A second-place finisher in the main event was Asher Conniff. Uh, an interesting guy, and we got a great interview with him. Also, the winner of the ladies' event, Melissa Singh, got a chance to talk with her. So we'll hear those in our second segment of the program. But uh, a lot of winners uh, of this series in the 14 Gold Ring events. Uh, I mentioned last week, you know, it's people from all walks of life. Uh, an amateur player that's an accountant from Lake Worth can win a tournament. Uh, a guy from originally from Puerto Rico that lives here in the United States now uh, runs a trucking company uh, named uh, Neovel Alvarez. Won the opening event. Tony Roberto, a well-known professional locally in the area. David Prosiak won a couple of events, and uh, the main event, of course, goes to Joe Gottlieb. Uh, Anton Wig was the champion of the uh, high roller event, so uh, that was pretty interesting as well. And uh, Gottlieb uh, was uh, a, a guy who uh, is a local uh, professional, not a local professional, a local amateur that plays in uh, a lot of tournaments. And he was the winner of the uh, the main, which went down to uh, a pretty, re- pretty interesting rundown at the end. Uh, let me give you the final results of that one. He defeated Asher Conniff, as I mentioned, in head-to-head play. Uh, Brian Hastings also made that final table. Uh, Brian has kind of been away from poker a little bit uh, over the last uh, year and a half or so, but uh, is back playing on a regular basis. He finished in fourth place in this tournament. Uh, Chad Evaslage, uh took sixth. Daniel Janakta, who's a, who's a guy I've talked to many times, enjoyed. Uh, he's an older gentleman that uh, is from Deerfield Beach and uh, has really kind of worked his way up and become a very good player. He finished in eighth place at the final table here. So uh, Gottlieb wins 257000 for first place. And uh, we've kept a close eye on everything of the events, and uh, we'll run down a little of those later in the program. But let's take this first break on the show. Uh, I want to play some interviews. When we come back from the program, uh, we'll hear from Asher Conniff. We'll also hear from Melissa Singh. 
and then Jessica Dolly. So uh, we'll have the interview segment of the program coming up next. Uh, great tournament, and uh, certainly had a fun time. So we'll be back with more of the show when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. Joe out of town tonight, but he'll be back next week. And uh, appreciate all the help from the guys uh, putting us on the air here. And we'll be back with more after this. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. What is that? Oh, that? It's my time machine. Does it work? Sure. Just hit this button. Whoa, dinosaurs. Cool. Or we can go here. Hey, that's Napoleon. Me. Or we can go to the future. Wow. Hey, you have this nice house. Do I have a nice house? No, you didn't save any money. Always spent it on vacations and stuff. If only there was a way I could go back in time and correct that bad habit. Yep. Okay, the time machine is not real. But the saving thing is. Get in the habit of putting some of your money in savings each week through a 401k, savings account, or financial investments. Put away a few bucks. Feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy tips on saving, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. What does this crazy little button do? This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. I'm with Asher Conniff, uh, coming off a second-place finish in the main event here at the World Series of Poker Circuit. Um, as I, You played at my table tonight, so I, I talked to you a little about it, but uh, you were... Uh, probably upset for a little while but uh you know second place is uh, is uh, certainly something to be proud of yeah i think one of the interesting thing, things about poker tournaments is if you're not first there's always some level of disappointment even if you win you know hundreds of thousands millions like you're still a little frustrated but once you get past that which may take an hour two or three whatever it is i mean i'm so happy i got a hundred times the money i bought in for and it just feels really good to be successful and you know it's it's, it's great i'm i'm overjoyed now, you're from New York, but you moved down here. Uh, the poker scene here in, in South Florida has taken off the last few years. I'm sure you came down to play poker. Yeah, largely. Uh, you know, definitely was a little tired of winter. Uh, don't mind being in my shorts in December. But, yeah, the poker community out here is great, and the scene, there's a lot of tournaments. And uh, I love Seminole. I mean, Borgata will always kind of be home to me, but I love it here. It's great casino, great poker. Now, the Borgata was the site where you won the WPT World Championship a couple yeah. of years ago. And... Uh, Tell us a story. Everybody talks about it. Tell us a story about uh, you ended the wrong tournament and somehow got in this thing, and then you end up winning it. Yeah, so uh, I was playing on the BorgataPoker.com website, and they had this high roller tournament for $1,000. Went to play it. Accidentally bought into a $1,500 satellite into the $15,000 WPT World Championship. Won the satellite, and they forced me to play. It was a must play. Uh, they forced me to play the tournament, and I won the tournament for 970000 or so. Uh, and I guess an interesting little factoid about that is my online name on the site was Misclick before this happened. Misclick. So my name was Misclick, and I misclicked into a satellite. This is a true story. Now, if there's any way you could have got out of it, that would have been the worst decision of your life. I tried. Uh, so I had a uh, trip to Europe planned with my whole family. So I have this whole email thread of me and the guy who's now my boss, actually, because I'm now a uh, sponsored pro for Borgata. 
And at the time I wasn't, so I'm emailing with the guy who's now my boss saying, please let me out of the tournament. Is there anything you can do? Pretty please, all that, because we literally had plane tickets, hotels, everything booked in Europe. And I ended up missing the trip, which uh, was very fortunate, obviously. But I, I begged them out, and it just couldn't happen. It was a must play. Now, uh, one fact that people don't really know is you won another tournament in that same series, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, the opening event. It was a pretty fortunate couple of weeks for me, for sure. <laughs> you know? Winning tournaments of that scope, I mean, the amount of luck involved, even if you're a great player, is just through the roof. You know. Okay. Tell me about your life now in South Florida. Uh, you made the adjustment down here. I love it. Uh, you know, it's it's warm all the time. It's I, I really enjoy it, and uh, you know, the, really the only downside is missing family and old friends. But you know, I try to get home as much as I can, and I love it down here. It's great. I really do. Tell me about uh, this week's finish. Uh, you were up there pretty much near the chip lead, I think, a good bit of the time. Uh, tell me how it went along the way for this tournament. So I had a, it was interesting. I had a great day one up until about 15 minutes left. I lost every hand for the last 15 minutes and finished with 19,000 chips going to 3,000 big blinds. So I had six big blinds to come into day two. Uh, you know, about five hands in, I had four big blinds. I folded all the hands, and then it just, uh, you know, as they say, the sun run started. You know, I just ran like God. Uh, everything worked for me. And then from there, once I built some chips, I really was smooth sailing the whole way down. Got heads up, had a little lead. Things went, got a little unlucky, but I'm super, super stoked. I mean, yeah. Fellow named Joe Gottlieb won the event. He's a local player here at the Hard Rocks. So uh, that's one of the great things about the circuit is you can have established pros like yourself. You can have players maybe uh, just uh, like to play local events and that sort of thing. But there's something for everybody, really. Absolutely. And honestly, I mean, you know, I have friends who are pros. I have friends who I root for. But I, I kind of like to see uh, more of an amateur or, or a recreational player, I shouldn't say an amateur, win. It's, it's just it, it feels good. There's something about it that's, you know, yeah, it's like the essence of poker kind of, that not – not only, uh, you know, the Michael Jordans of the world, not that that's who I am by any means, but not that only the pros can win. Any guy can show up to any tournament and be successful, and that's, you know, that's really exciting and what part of what makes the game great. Now, a great tournament for you. You won about 160000 uh, just last night, and yeah. then uh, you come back and play the charity event today. Um, did it mean a lot to you moving down to South Florida and then seeing what the state went through the last uh, week or so? Yeah, definitely. Honestly, you know, the past couple of weeks have just been kind of rough in the world. Uh, you know, Texas, Florida, Puerto Rico, Las Vegas. Uh, so, you know, Florida particularly, it hits a little bit home because I'm here. But just in general, it's uh, just been a tough time. And anything we can do to help uh, is really important. And especially given our community, the way money kind of just freely flows through the community. And there's a lot of excess money uh, it's the least we can do to help out in, like, really serious causes like this, uh, let alone in much more menial things, you know, just like this was – these are big problems. You know, there's big issues happening in the Keys and all sorts of places in Florida, and, you know, it's pretty special to be, be in a position where I can help and, and just buy into this and not think twice about it, you know. Also makes you feel pretty good about uh, your life and uh, playing a game for a living and making the kind of money you make. Let alone the fact that, yeah, absolutely, let alone the fact that, you know, my job essentially is to take your money and give it to me, you know, so, so there's something very self-serving about it. So, it does, yeah, it feels good to take what we do and put it to some good, you know, for sure. Okay, good luck this year. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. With Melissa Singh, the ladies' champion. But more than just that, this has been a big breakout week for you. Your two biggest caches, uh, from what I can tell. Uh, you had a second-place finish in event 11, and then you come back in the ladies' event and win that one. Tell us about, uh, did you suddenly get better, or just all of a sudden uh, just one of those things where you're running good? No, I mean, I've been playing uh, for a couple years, but not very many tournaments. I'm mostly a cash player, uh, PLO. And then... Um, 
you know, this, locally here? Uh, half here and half uh, between Vegas okay. and the East Coast, Foxwoods and Borgata, um, and also an online player. Okay. Um, but this week I said, you know, I want to play all the circuit events. It's the first time. It's in my favorite casino at Hollywood um, Hard Rock. And I love the, the way that they run tournaments here and the director. And um, it was just a great opportunity to see, yeah, maybe I can accumulate some points. Um, so I played all the little events, the PLO. I, I actually bubbled that. I came uh, three from the money in the PLO. And then um, the following tournament I came in 13th that I played. And then, I, you know, I, I was doing great in my cash games. I started to feel the momentum pick up. And so the 365 the other day, I uh, you know I came in second um, after uh, you know being worried that I would actually even win cash because you know I was just uh, I was just uh, you know trying to make good decisions and bide by time and uh, you know pay jump and then uh, that momentum just kind of got me the next day. I said, you know, the whole time, the whole week, my I was on a ring. I just really wanted that ring. And so finally, uh, the ladies, I knew it was my opportunity with the field um, being a lot of... Uh, recreational. Yeah, players. recreational players. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, obviously I, I ran great. Um, and you have to run great to, to place well in any of these tournaments. And I'm grateful for the, all the flips I won. But... Um, I kind of just felt the momentum building, and I knew it was going to be my moment. So. Yeah, you mentioned that you mentioned that a couple of times. Momentum is it uh, is it building confidence? Really, is that what it is? A big Absolutely. part of it. I mean, you know, the tur tournaments in general can just be such a, a blow to your ego and your self esteem when you lose, you know, tournament after tournament, which is common, which is supposed to happen most of the time, right? I mean, for us recreational players, but. Um, when you feel that momentum building and you, you build that confidence, and, and it just starts to snowball. And uh, it just. Well, this is not a uh, World Series of Poker uh, Las Vegas event where, you, where it's life-changing money if you win right. something, but uh, certainly helps, and uh, yeah. the confidence thing I think is huge. Yeah, for sure. Tell me about playing in this tournament. Uh, you had a great week, and uh, obviously uh, probably looking forward to a little bit of rest and getting away from the tables for a little bit, but you know, here in South Florida, just uh, you know, obviously suffered with Hurricane Irma, and uh, it's nice to see you come out and do your part. Absolutely. This this event um, was for a great cause, and I love to see that the donations were matched. And uh, you know, I knew it was going to be a good time with everyone not so serious uh, playing, but people uh, sit back and relax. And to be playing like so closely with some of these pros, like Kyle Fish and Jessica Dolly and Asher Conniff, um, you know, and, and the rest of them, it's just uh, it's just a fun time to so, like let, uh, sit back and relax and let loose a little bit. And, uh, and I'm having fun, and I have a lot of chips, so let's see what happens. So is this the third final table in like seven days? <laughs> we'll see what happens. It's a long way to go yet. Okay. Thanks for coming. Thank Thanks. you so much. Okay. I'm with Jessica Dolly, who hasn't been on the show for a long time, so I'm happy to get a chance to talk to you here. But uh, you're here at the charity tournament tonight, and I know you tweeted a lot about that. It's very important to you, not only because you're uh, an ambassador for the Seminole Hard Rock, but also uh, you play in a lot of charity tournaments. It's important that the poker world gives back. Yeah, it really is, and especially um, you know this charity for the you know the hurricane for Hurricane Irma. A lot of you know South Florida residents were affected, so it's really nice to give back, especially when it's a, a local cause, which is um, you know in this one's feeding um, a ton of people. So um, and it's nice that the Hard Rock put it together. It was kind of last minute, obviously it just happened a few weeks ago. So um, I know the Hard Rock Poker Stars put this together for a great cause. And yeah, I do love charity tournaments, and it is nice as a poker player to be able to give back, play poker at the same time, and have fun. So. Okay. This summer out in Vegas, you had a really good deep run in the Millie Maker. 
Tell me about that and, and your summer out there in Vegas. Yeah, so the Millionaire Maker, um, that was my best run so far in a WSOP event. Um, I came 30th out of just over 7,700 players, and uh, it was really exciting. And just, you know, you wait your whole poker career for that for that moment. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't close it out. Um, however, they asked me to come back and do some commentary, and that was exciting for me because I wanted to get into commentary, okay. and it was my first experience doing that. And, um, yeah, overall this summer, I, you know, I had a few other deep runs and just, yeah, a super, you know, really, really fun summer and a hard-working summer as well. And in your career, you've had many final tables, but I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you don't have a big win yet, and that is that constantly on your mind? Um, not really. I don't really care too much. I'm not, like, I'm not that competitive. I would like it just for the money aspect of it, but uh, it'll come eventually. You know, I'm not, not putting too much pressure on myself for it. Okay, and uh, I think it will be one of the most popular wins if you do win out there. Yeah, thank you very much. I hope so. <laughs> okay, good luck. Thanks. And there's our chance to uh, hear from some of the players in the tournament. I did also interview Tony Burns, uh, and I will uh, probably run that next week. Uh, A.J. Kelsall, a player from Tampa, was also one of the interviews. We'll get to that in the next couple of weeks. And, and a few other people I talked to, we'll try to work some of those interviews in when we can. But uh, it's time to take our next break. When we come back, we'll talk with Kristen Wilson of PokerRefugees.com, a great uh, organization and business, really, that kind of, uh, really was built out of a horrible, horrible situation, which was uh, Black Friday in the United States, the end of uh, online poker, poker for quite some time here in the United States. Players wanted to continue playing. They went elsewhere, and they needed some help getting established, and Kristen was the one who answered the call. So uh, we'll talk with her, with her when we return. Uh, later on, we'll look at the, uh, the WPT Maryland Live Tournament and maybe a few more uh, results from the Seminole Hard Rock as well when we come back. Anyway, you're listening to Poker Action Line. Thanks for being with us, and we'll return after these messages on the program. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play-for-free demonstration and hope that you will join us 
when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Tuesday nights on WFO Radio are all about Nitro. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the live edition of NHRA Tuesday Nitro. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. Tony Schumacher. Tony, welcome back. Love being on the show because it usually meant that we did something absolutely amazing. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime at WFORadio.com. Back on the show, Big Dave Lemon. Joe is not in tonight. He'll be back on the show next week, uh, out of town this weekend. Uh, I do have a special guest, though, and I want to bring her right in. Kristen Wilson, uh, I guess originally from Jacksonville. Is that, is that a good way to identify your uh, your past? Uh, yes, I'm originally from St. Augustine, Florida. Okay. And I know that you were a student at the University of Florida. I never thought that I would have a uh, former professional surfer on the program, but uh, uh, here we are. Uh, thanks for taking the time to be with us tonight, uh, Kristen. I really appreciate it. And I know that you're uh, busy uh, with business, and uh, you're actually in Europe right now. So uh, thanks for taking the time. I know that's uh, six hours, six or seven hours ahead of us. So uh, I'm glad we were able to get together and do the show. But uh, thanks for taking the time. You're welcome. No problem. I work in all time zones, so I'm definitely used to it, doing phone calls at night or in the middle of the night or any time. Okay. Yeah, I guess uh, when you travel, you got to be flexible. Uh, let's get into Poker That's Refugees right. because uh, years ago when I started the program was right around the time of Black Friday. In fact, uh, I was on for about a, maybe a year before the Black Friday hit. And uh, probably when I started doing the show, probably the last thing you thought was – you would be involved with poker players uh, for your business life. Yes, definitely. I honestly didn't even know how to play poker when this Black Friday happened. And has that changed? Uh, I guess that's the first question. Uh, have you picked up the game <laughs> and enjoy playing, or uh, you figure it's just a business and you'll stay away from that side of it? Well, a little bit. I mean, just by default I've learned how to play but I'm not good at it it's not my forte so I kind of leave the poker to the poker players and um and focus on the logistics but I didn't know much about the industry at all at the beginning and now it's been almost seven years so I definitely feel like a part of of this whole subculture of poker what were you doing before the business came around and you had this great idea that uh, there was a niche out there for you to fill? Uh, you had a, a degree from the University of Central Florida in uh, international business uh, and an MBA. You lived all over the world, I guess in uh, Australia for a while, but also in Puerto Rico and, and uh, Costa Rica. Uh, because of your surfing, I assume, you're just looking for a great, great wave. Yeah, it started off, my love for travel started off surfing-related. And I actually relate with the poker players a lot with their lifestyle because there is a lot of parallels with surfing and poker um, because they're both such small, tight-knit communities. And instead of traveling for poker tournaments, I was traveling for surfing tournaments. So it really does mirror the industry a lot. So I definitely relate to them on that level. But the original reason that I started traveling was for surfing and I ended up studying abroad during college, and that's how I ended up majoring in international business because it dawned on me 
that I could actually live in foreign countries, that that was like a thing that I could do because no one had ever told me that that was an option. Um, it was like, you know, go on vacation, but no one ever said, oh, and you can stay there. Yeah. <laughs> so that um, I started traveling a lot and ended up um, not really knowing what I wanted to do after college. So I went to grad school and then after grad school, I assumed I would just take some sort of entry-level corporate job, but I received a phone call from a mutual friend and um, inviting me to work for him in Costa Rica because he found out that I had studied abroad in Costa Rica and I spoke Spanish. So I decided to take a sort of gap year after college to go work down there and then join the quote-unquote real world after one year of living in Costa Rica. But this was in 2005, and the real estate market was really good. So I was making good money, living the dream, <laughs> living on the beach in Costa Rica, and I just felt like this is such a great life, and everyone should be doing this if they want to. And it was like nobody knew that they could do it. So I lived that lifestyle helping foreigners move to Costa Rica and Nicaragua and invest in real estate in Central America for the next seven years. Okay. And I became an expert in living as a foreigner in foreign countries and helping other foreigners move to those places. So eventually I migrated from the beach into the city because that's where the best infrastructure was, that's where the best business opportunities were, and the, the lifestyle was a bit easier because it has a perfect climate and you don't have to deal with the power outages and things that were happening more frequently at the beach and slow internet and stuff like that. So um, in the, the middle of Costa Rica is where the heart of the online gambling industry was. So I lived there for a few years and got to know a lot of people, like hundreds or a thousand people who worked in the gaming industry, um, affiliates and um, poker site employees, poker stars, ultimate bet, absolute poker, you name it, every sports betting sites, like every single company was headquartered in San Jose. Okay. So I was very familiar with what was going on. And when Black Friday happened, I knew that instantly – like an aha moment, I thought this is going to take forever to sort itself out if it ever does get sorted out. And poker players are so passionate about their careers and they're making good money. They're not just going to quit poker. They're going to want to keep playing. So I just thought I wanted to help them because it was mostly – you know, millions of people were playing poker, but a lot of the pros at the time were young people, and I was only, I think I was like 26 or 27. Okay. And I was like, I want to help all these other 20-something-year-olds move. This is my chance to help other people do what I did because I was helping mostly retired people and older um, investors. So it was a really fun opportunity to be able to help okay. uh, other young people do that. So that's kind of how it all started and what seemed to be a very 
scandalous rogue idea of leaving the U.S. to play online poker in a foreign country has now become pretty commonplace for not only Americans, but people of every country, either for fun or because they have to for regulatory reasons or tax right. reasons or things like that. Well, I pulled out the article called Riding the Wave uh, that was, uh, and I look at it now, and it's October of 2011, so almost six years ago. And I wanted to have you on right away when I was doing the show, but I... Uh, I don't know for what reason, whether it was laziness on my part or, or just not really able to uh, figure out how to get a hold of you, whatever it was. Uh, in fact, <laughs> I think we talked maybe a, a few years back online, and, uh, and uh, you know, here now finally you're on the show with me. So obviously things have changed over the years. We actually have some online play in this country, and people don't have to move to Costa Rica. They can actually move to uh, New Jersey or uh, Delaware or Nevada and, and play poker. But a lot of people... Uh, this still is an important thing for, for them to do. And I, I know that you fill a great niche. Uh, I looked at your site and some of the services you provide, some of the people who work on your staff now, which is in the dozens, I'm sure. Um, but you started off just by yourself. And uh, how have things uh, evolved over the years with, with how you put this thing together? When, when did you start hiring extra people? When did the flow of... Uh, uh, customers come into your office and, and, and take advantage of your services. How did that evolve? So we kind of hit the ground running. Um, when Black Friday happened, I spent the next few months preparing to launch this company, but I didn't know exactly how I was going to do it or if anyone would take me seriously, which they probably wouldn't have, except I was friends with the owners of Pocket Five the poker forum. Um, I worked with them in some real estate um, transactions and they recognized that people on the forums were, there was a lot of chatter about how to move abroad. And so they said, Hey, Kristen, your idea is legit. (laughs) They said, we will help you uh, launch your company because we think it will be good for our um, users on the forum. So that's how I launched. And so because it was affiliated with Pocket Fives and they knew me and believed in me and trusted in me, that gave me a lot of credibility. So we were so busy from the first day that it it never let up. It was like from day one, I think ESPN called me within 30 minutes of the press release going out and it was just slammed from then on. So I actually hired my neighbor um, who was a Spanish and she was Spanish, English, and Portuguese teacher because we needed people who spoke both languages. And uh, I hired her, and then I started hiring my friends who were fired from the poker companies okay. <laughs> because okay. they lost their jobs. Everyone got laid off. And so I started hiring them because they knew poker and poker players, and that's kind of how I started. And I had a lot of full-time people in the first few years, but as the years progressed, our systems and processes got put into place. And so now I'm the only full-time person and we work in so many different countries. I just hire people like um, subcontract them for specific relocations because one month we might have a lot of people going to Costa Rica and the next month, a lot of people going to Canada um, and so on and so on. And we can't really forecast that because we want everybody to be able to go where they want to go and where's the best place for them. So um, it is really expensive to have people full time. So now, um, even though I've had some of the same people working for me for five or six years, 
um, they have other jobs and work for me part-time. Um, so it's now, like, everything has changed so much in poker and the gaming industry, but also with technology. Yeah. And it's just gotten so much more efficient to manage things like project management. Anywhere I am with the Internet connection, I can work the same way poker players can work if they have an Internet connection. I looked at some of your locations that people can choose from, and uh, obviously Canada is uh, one option. Uh, you started really in Costa Rica because you were familiar with that, and uh, now there's all kinds of European places, Amsterdam, Budapest, uh, different places. You're in Krakow, Poland right now trying to, to talk, come up with uh, some solutions there. But uh, where are most of your customers located right now? Is it Rosarito, uh, Rosarita, or is it uh, Costa Rica? I would say um, our original destinations, Canada and Costa Rica, are still the most popular ones. And we get a lot of European and international clients who are drawn to the cost of living and the lifestyle in places like Mexico and Costa Rica. And then um, in Canada... It's still just a pleasant place to live for a lot of people. And even though it can be expensive in the cities, a lot of the smaller towns can be have a similar cost of living as somewhere like Mexico. So that still makes it really convenient for Americans who want to cross over the border. Uh, we're, we're talking with Kristen Wilson, the owner, owner and founder of uh, Poker Refugees. Uh, just a great niche idea that uh, she jumped on immediately and uh, has now turned it into a business for many, many years. Just looking quickly at the website, uh, the when when you hear the word refugee, a lot of people just think of Syria right now. But uh, this was a refugee of the poker type. Uh, people sometimes call them expats as they travel to another country to continue their passion, and uh, you have helped them relocate and readjust. And uh, you say, we're all refugees who have done it ourselves, which is pretty interesting. But as far as your services go, uh, obviously there's so many financial things that need to be, get done that people have no idea what to do. Many times they don't speak Spanish, so that's a big part of what you do, I'm sure, as well. And just little things like finding an apartment, learning how to go shopping in that area, and how to, uh, to get along. Those are the things you do for these people. Exactly. There's so many things um, that people don't think about. And, you know, it's not necessarily rocket science, but it's so time-consuming and so all-encompassing that even for our team, we've done this, I've done this thousands of times. I've literally relocated thousands of people and it's not scalable. <laughs> it's the same amount of work every single time. You know, it, it varies from person to person, but hours of work and more people coordinating things because everything, everyone's different. Everyone's an individual and every move is, is different. So um, for one person to move abroad for the first time and try to figure it out on their own, it, from a poker decision-making perspective, it doesn't really make sense because their time is so much spent playing poker or doing literally anything else than trying to figure out how to move to a foreign country. So we really um, just try to make it easy for people so that all they have to focus on is getting a plane ticket and showing up, and the rest of it is handled. Like even today, right before you called, uh, we just um, – moved two groups of people, uh, a group of Twitch streamers, Jamie Staples, Lex Veldhaus, and uh, 
and in that group we moved them to Costa Rica. Okay. And the same day we moved Juan Liu and her husband and their friends to Costa Rica as well. And it's like getting everything besides uh, the internet and the housing and and all of that, the airport transportation. It's also um, coordinating maids who don't speak English, um, private chefs, uh, telling them where to go to go shopping to get certain things or having it delivered to their door. Yeah. Uh, so just basically they just have to plug into the Wi-Fi connection and that's all they have to think about and open the door for the maid. <laughs> you, know? you mentioned some, you mentioned some uh, sending thousands of messages. I was going to say, you mentioned some big name players and I, and I don't want people to think that these are just a bunch of unnamed uh, online guys that you never heard of. I mean, I, over the years you've worked with Matt Stout, Matt Haugen, uh, I look at a whole list of people, and you mentioned mm-hmm. a couple that you're working with now, which has been very um, probably helpful for someone like Matt Stout, who knows everybody in the business, to recommend you to others who are interested in uh, getting some help. Yes, actually, our our number one source of clients is word of mouth and referrals, um, and so that's that's really great. And I, I just feel like it's so challenging in such a small industry to make everyone happy and keep a good reputation because if like one person's unhappy, then everybody knows about it. And of course you can't have a hundred percent happiness rate, but um, we know we definitely do our best and it's not just, you make a good point. It's not just the pros actually over the past years. Um, things have varied so much. So we've helped everybody from like the top pros, WSOP champion, bracelet holders, uh, high rollers, all the way to um, recreational players and penny stakes players and literally everything in between. So it's really fun to be able to help so many different types of poker players. And the number one thing that people say when they talk to me is they're like, well, you know, I'm not a pro or I used to play, but I've taken a few years off and they, you know, they just, they still want to play, but they might not want to, you know, move abroad permanently or something like that. So it's fun to help also recreational players. Um, and, you know, they might not have a big name, but they still love poker. Right. You started doing this in 2011. It's six years in. And I, uh, when I read this article, I think at the time you just had no idea how this was going to work out as far as especially how online poker would, would evolve over the years. Uh, I remember when this first happened, uh, there was a, a bill in Congress to try to get it passed nationally, and they said there would have to be some sort of waiting period of 15 months and people went crazy and said, 15 months without online poker? There's no way we're going to do that. Now here, six years later, most of the people still can't play. Uh, it's still winding its way through the legislatures around the country. Uh, what are your thoughts now as you look back six years later and, and you have continued to work and improve your business? Uh, certainly, I, you never could have thought that it was going to be that successful uh, for such a long period of time. Never. You know, people didn't think I would last six months. There were a lot of naysayers, and I just tried not to listen. And a lot of them were from the po- inside the poker industry itself. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do this, help as many people as I can and until it stops, until there's no need for it. And I thought it would be maybe a year, but it, it's been pretty much exactly the same every year, like the same number of people 
like anywhere between 100 and 150 relocations per year. And um, I'll just keep doing it as long as people need it. And uh, as you mentioned, the legislation is stalled. And I think a lot of people who were waiting it out at the beginning realized the writing on the wall and then started to um, travel and move afterwards, so years later. So some people started playing live poker. Some people started playing on the U.S. sites. Some people went back to school. Some people got jobs. People did all sorts of different things, but at the end of the day, you know, they missed poker and they wanted to give it a try. Now there's people that can play on sites that are not legal, uh, not certainly not in the United States in any way. Uh, the problem there mm-hmm. is if you're doing this for a living, you're trying to make money when you try to cash out, who knows if you're going to get your money. So uh, playing on established sites is, I'm sure, what you recommend to people, going to a country where the laws are, uh, where people realize that the Internet is not owned by the United States and that uh, there's a certain freedom in the world that uh, allows you to be able to do some of the things you want to do. So uh, as we move forward here, uh, what are your thoughts about the, the next step for your business? I've been spending a lot of time thinking about that actually over the past couple of years because, you know, it's good to push yourself and challenge yourself to do new things. And we, we have been pretty busy over the years, so I haven't, hadn't spent a lot of time, um, considering other business ideas until recently, but, you know, we expect as far as like statistically speaking, um, People around the world expect for the majority, over 50% of the workforce, to be working remotely or location independent by like 2020 or something in the next few years. So there's this huge trend of remote work, digital nomadism, location independent, where people who are graphic designers, programmers, freelancers, consultants, literally almost any job these days that you can do on the internet, social media influencers, streamers, YouTube stars, you name it, they all can live anywhere and do their job. So there's tens of millions or hundreds of millions of people who are able to live the same lifestyle that the poker refugees do, not I do personally. So I am really looking to um, adjust a little bit to be able to help other people because we get so many emails from people who don't play poker um, asking if we can help them because they see us somewhere. And uh, there's not really any relocation companies helping regular people. They're mostly helping corporate employees. And I've done that as well, and it's not as fun or as interesting to me as helping normal people. So... Um, that's what I'm planning on doing now. We're redesigning our website. Um, I'm about to launch another site just for regular non-poker players because they need almost all the same things as poker players except for some of the financial stuff and the documentation so they can benefit from the same services. And I also um, am starting a travel blog. I've been to almost 60 countries, and I've lived in, like, 25 countries, something like that. And I have a ton of content and a ton of knowledge and information and tips that I haven't really shared with the general public besides my clients. So there's a lot of projects in the works. I want to write a book. I would love to have my own podcast um, interviewing people living all over the world who are living the same lifestyle as us, as the poker players and the digital nomads. Um, and I would love to do some sort of a course where I can teach people 
um, who might want to move multiple times how to do it in some of the shortcuts so that um, they can do it themselves as well. The website is called PokerRefugees.com, where you can get all the information about their services, what's involved, and and I'm sure uh, there's plenty of ways to get in touch with you. Uh, kind of a unique story, Kristen, that uh, your your lifestyle of having fun and traveling and, and chasing the next big wave as a, as a professional surfer turned into uh, a business for your whole life. It's so funny how that works out. You know, I think a lot of us didn't think that we would necessarily end up where we did. And I always told my parents as a kid that I would have to invent my own job, and here I am. <laughs> and I think a lot of poker players can relate to that as well, trying to convince people that poker is a job. So, um, you know, I just think it's so important for everybody to live the life that they want on their own terms and not have to, you know, feel boxed in by any any sort of societal expectations or, or things like that. So if I could give one message to any of your listeners, it's just, you know, be happy. Life is short. Do what you want. And it's probably realistic. If there's something that you're thinking about and that you want to do, and there's a reason for that. And so just kind of follow that instinct. Well, would you suggest going to the website is the best way? I see a link on here to contact you uh, for a free consultation and that sort of thing. Is there somewhere else uh, people can find you, maybe a Facebook page or something like that, that you'd like to recommend them going to? Sure. Our handle is at Poker Refugees on pretty much every social network. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and email. Our email is info at PokerRefugees.com. And if you just Google Poker Refugees, we'll come up as well. Uh, so we're, we're everywhere. Well, enjoy yourself. I know you will uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the Poland lifestyle. I don't know what, uh, what comes up next for you there, but uh, certainly uh, they're, you're moving forward with, with a lot of other things and obviously a very hard worker that uh, really has uh, received some satisfaction out of helping people do what they want to do. Yes, thank you so much. Next stop is Estonia, okay. so I'm looking forward to that. I know that's a poker location for sure. Thanks, Kristen, for being with us. Stay in touch. Uh, if you have anything coming up, uh, drop me an email, and uh, we'll do some stuff again. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Dave. It was great talking with you. Okay, Kristen Wilson, thank you for being with us. Uh, she is with Poker Refugees, and you can find that uh, PokerRefugees.com. Uh, search it, and there's plenty of articles out there as well. Uh, the one from 2011, I don't know exactly where that ran, but uh, uh, very interesting person and uh, a unique one-of-a-kind for sure. Um, anyway, when we come back, we'll close out the show. We'll maybe update a couple of things from the Hard Rock and the uh, Maryland Live. And uh, Joe will be back with us next week. We'll have some other interviews that we record this week, and we will uh, get ready for the, the winter season here in South Florida. A lot to do, a lot to talk about, always something happening in the world of poker. We'll be back after this. This is Poker Action Live. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. What is that? Oh, that? It's my time machine. Does it work? Sure. Just hit this button. Whoa, dinosaurs. Cool. 
or we can go here. Hey, that's Napoleon. Oui. Or we can go to the future. Wow, hey, you have this nice house. Do I have a nice house? No, you didn't save any money, always spent it on vacations and stuff. If only there was a way I could go back in time and correct that bad habit. Yep. Okay, the time machine is not real, but the saving thing is. Get in the habit of putting some of your money in savings each week through a 401k, savings account, or financial investments. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy tips on saving, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. What does this crazy little button do? This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Great interview with Kristen Wilson of Poker Refugees. Uh, Appreciate taking the time to be with us. Uh, Last night concluded all the activities over at the Seminole Hard Rock for the Poker uh, World Series of Poker Circuit. Uh, By the way, the uh, winner of the uh, High Roller, which was one of the last big tournaments, was Anton Wig. He defeated Ian O'Hara who's a, a local player here from Boca, that uh, they had a great heads-up match. And uh, some of the other people that finished in the money there in the high roller included Ori Hen, Evan Teitelbaum, uh, Alan Kessler, uh, who I wanted to try to get back on the show. We will try to talk with him again. And uh, Barry Hutter, Wally Mata were among those finishers in that tournament. We're also uh, just keeping an eye on the, um, the Maryland Live tournament. And... Uh, they are finishing up on the final table there. Five players still left. They're up to forty and 80000 for the, uh, for the uh, uh, big blinds, small and big blinds. And uh, Art Papazian, I'm sorry, Papazian, I guess it's pronounced. Art Papazian won the, uh, the tournament over in uh, Los Angeles, the Legends of Poker. He is now the chip leader, $4.2 million. Tom Reynolds has dropped a second, 3.4. But they are winding up with five players left in that event. And uh, we'll have the results for that for you next week uh, from Maryland. So uh, that's going to do it for our show. Uh, we certainly uh, enjoyed talking with Kristen, and uh, we have these interviews that we put together. So we hope you enjoyed some of that, uh, just give you a feel of what's going on with the tournaments here. Tony Burns uh, gave me some time last night, and we will talk with Tony uh, on the show as far as uh, a taped interview goes, either next week or the week after when Joe comes back. We have uh, several other things we want to talk about. So uh, that's going to do it. We thank uh, Joe Costello for sitting in to the, helping us with the show today and getting it on the Air Force. And we look forward to having Joe Rodriguez back next week. Another edition coming up of Poker Action Line next week. You can always pick us up on uh, the uh, Poker Fuse podcast page. You can go to SoundCloud. You can go to iTunes. Just search Poker Action Line. You'll pick it up. Our website is PokerActionLine.com. Or go to the Hold'em Radio Network. We have a regular spot there on their programs as well. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch more uh, of the poker world and bring it to you next week here on another edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.